0: All right, so the Giants are two and two. Save their season uh, with a win in Week Three against the Texans. Followed that up a couple of nights later with a win in Washington over the Redskins to even things up at two and two. Give themselves. A 500 record and, and positive outlook after this 10-day break as they head into Week 5 at home against the Falcons. And uh, they really needed to win that game against Washington. They were basically facing um, an early season elimination for the second time in as many years. But they uh, didn't for the first time in, in a while. And, and the Giants offense looks good, a lot better than it did the last time I talked to Ed Valentine from Big Blue View uh, three weeks ago following their disastrous Week 1 loss. And Ed joins me again today to talk some Giants football. Ed, how's it going today?
1: Good, Neil, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, Like I mentioned, uh, we last talked three weeks ago after the, uh, the disaster in Detroit to get the season going, and we both joked, or, or at least you joked, about how it was a little bit of an improvement over last year's uh, opening late loss to Dallas because at least the first play of the season wasn't intercepted, and, and things looked pretty bleak after that Week 1 loss. Uh, we didn't talk after Week 2, and they actually looked much worse uh, following the loss to Drew Stanton and the Cardinals uh, in that uh, debacle at home. Uh, but here they are. Here are the Giants. 2-2, two and, two, and uh, they have me feeling good, but I-, I guess really, you should never really get too high or feel too good about this team because they can turn things around pretty quickly.
1: Well, that is true. I mean, things look much better right now than they did after Week 1. And personally, I thought uh, week, week 2, I thought they looked a little bit better. Week 3, they improved. And, and Week 4, I thought they looked uh, terrific against the Redskins. Of course, it was the Redskins, <laughs> so, you know, take that for what it's worth. But the situation at 2-2 two and two is a whole lot better than where the Giants were last season when they started 0-6. I mean, there's, there's reason to be optimistic because they do look like they could, they could turn into a good football team.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's the case right now, and you know, like you said, they look shaky uh, the first week. They improved gradually week over week to the point where they blew out the Redskins on Thursday night football on the road, which is something that a lot of teams have had trouble doing—is playing on the road in these Thursday night games over the you know the last uh, year plus when it's become a regular thing. And now every team must participate it, in it. And uh, granted, they've tweaked it a little so that you're only playing divisional opponents in the Thursday night game, and they try to you know limit the travel, even though it's not ideal with only three days off. And, and a limited practice week where guys um, are basically just practicing in, in shorts and not even you know there's no real contact going on. There's there's not there's nothing really going on that resembles anything close to football. And that's why I think these Thursday night games have been so sloppy. And when you look at the Giants win over it, you know I expected them to come out looking sloppy because they played um, you know just four days before because they had to travel for this game and because the Redskins looked so dominant against the Eagles. But it was the Redskins rather at home who 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 didn't really uh, you know fit the bill and, and come to play. Especially with Kirk Cousins, and I thought the Giants uh, didn't get a break with Kirk Cousins in the lineup over RG three. I thought um, I- I've thought all along he's been the better quarterback, but he's, that certainly wasn't the case. You know, going into that game, did you think they caught a break? Uh, you know, or di- actually didn't catch a break rather with Cousins in over RG three?
1: Well, I didn't think they caught a break necessarily. I thought that what they managed to do was expose Cousins you know, for what he really is, which is a guy who's probably a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's probably not a guy who you can build your franchise around. You know, the the Giants made him uncomfortable. They made him hurry. They made him force the ball. They put the Redskins in a situation where they were behind, and they forced Cousins into making mistakes. So it wasn't necessarily, I think, that that they caught a break. I think they just pressured him into into mistakes. Where I think the week before that he, he didn't face much much pressure from a pass rush. So you know any quarterback that faces a pass rush is going to make mistakes.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, that's a good point there. And and you know with the Redskins they came off that. Um, game where they probably should have won against the Eagles it was sort of a, a devastating loss to them because it was a game they certainly could have won and they sort of gave it away um, towards the end of the game and, and now they're at one and three and going into that game you know with both the Giants and the Redskins at one and two someone was going to come out of that at two and two and sort of save their season with a 10-day break so sort of a uh, a little mini bye week and the other team was going to be one and three and And both the Giants and the uh, Redskins—they both have very difficult schedules in the middle of their season. Um, The Giants have the 49ers, Seahawks stretch coming up in a few weeks, Uh, and Indianapolis is in there. Dallas, Philly, and uh, as for the Redskins, they have the Seahawks this weekend. So, um, you know, one team was sort of going to save their season, the other team was going to end it. And you get the sense that you know that was a devastating blow, and and maybe a uh, season—you know—a season crushing blow to the Redskins, and it very well could have been the Giants on the other end.
1: Oh, it definitely could have been the Giants one and three uh one and three with the schedule they have coming up would be very difficult to overcome. You have not only the Eagles but you have the Cowboys playing well at three and one, and it's you don't want to be chasing too many teams you know this this early in the season. you don't want to be falling that far behind, but at two and two, one game behind. Twelve games to go. You know, you have to feel good about about the Giants at this point because they they look like a football team now, which you really can't say that they looked like a, a real football team at any point last year.
0: Eli Manning is a big reason for that and, and we talked earlier in the season there about how he couldn't do this by himself and now that's, uh, you know, he doesn't need to do it by himself anymore because the offensive line looks as good as it has um, in very recent memory. Uh, Victor Cruz is finally catching <laughs> balls. Um, Ruben Randall, he, he's been targeted even more times than Cruz has. Uh, Rashad Jennings has done a nice job. Andre Williams did a nice job in the uh, towards the end of that Redskins game, uh, filling in there for Jennings. Larry Donnell has really been the talk of the town and a guy Who's emerged as one of you know the better pass catching tight ends in the league, and that was a position entering the season where the Giants really weren't sure if they even had a capable tight end of playing in the National Football League, and now here they are, and they might have one of the best in the entire league as it is.
1: Yeah, that is pretty amazing. The, the one thing that we did learn about Larry Donnell, I don't know if you read the uh, the blurb that came across today. Uh, Larry Donnell is probably a great play when it comes to fantasy football. Just don't <laughs> listen to Larry when it comes to setting your lineup. You, uh, you read the thing this, earlier today I, about I, Larry leaving yeah, himself out of himself his own in. fantasy lineup. You yeah. know, Larry, come on, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, don't listen to Larry when it comes to setting your lineup, but uh, make sure you get him in there.
0: <laughs> well, it seemed like Eli didn't really have that many weapons earlier in the season. And uh, of course, Journey in was a guy he targeted a lot in week one, which um, we talked about. I had an issue with, and, and maybe he, he didn't really want to target him, but he couldn't go anywhere else because they were covered. But now with him out of the lineup, um, you've got Danell stepping it up, Fells has stepped it up. Um, it just seems like there's a, there's a good mix there. There's a good variety for him to go to. He doesn't always have to go to the same guy over and over, which it looked like it might be the case with Cruz in Week 2. Now just two weeks removed, this offense under Ben McAdoo, who's, um, he, you know, his job was being called for after just one game as the offensive coordinator, he looks like a genius, and it seems like everyone's sort of gotten up to speed with Eli on the offense, and he isn't the only guy that gets it anymore.
1: Well, it is pretty amazing, you know, the difference that that a couple of weeks makes. And the key to the whole thing, which really it it has always been with the Giants and and Eli Manning, the key to the whole thing is making him comfortable in the pocket. You know, can they run the football enough, you know, that, that the pass rushers don't just pin their ears back and come after him? And when he does pass, can they protect him? Can they make him comfortable in the pocket? And... You know, Manning's always been a guy that when when you can do that, he'll succeed. I think Will Beatty said the other day that if we, you know, if we can protect him, we know he'll show off. And you know, he certainly has been doing that lately. So the, the key to the whole thing for me has been the play of the offensive line.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, you know that's certainly been the case with uh, when you look at what's happened the last couple of weeks from game one to or from week one to week four is the change of the offensive line. And I saw a stat that had Bill Beatty, and it was on Twitter, so I'm not sure if someone I didn't take the time to look it up, but it had him as uh, you know one of the highest ranked or maybe the highest ranked at his position in the entire league. And there was a guy who many thought shouldn't even be on this team just uh, four weeks ago.
1: Right, Beatty is currently when you go to pro football focus you know the statistical service when you look at their performance grades he's the top ranked offensive tackle in the league right now <laughs> and i don't think i don't think anyone saw that coming i think we all would have accepted adequate play from bdy you know after after last season's debacle And what he's given the Giants through four games is dominating play. You know, whether that can continue, I don't know. But it's definitely a welcome thing for the Giants to see him playing that well.
0: Forever, New York Giants football has been about. You know, shooting themselves in the foot, whether it's with uh, stupid penalties or undisciplined play, um, and that really hasn't been the case so far. I mean, they, they haven't taken that many outlandish calls or, or had that many, um, you know, untimely penalties on you know third and short that gives an automatic first down or anything like that. But on the other end, with the turnovers and the special teams, um, really going back to the Texans game in Week Three. I mean, when they started that game, um, you know, allowing a fake punt for a first down, then they turned it over to the Texans four, then they botched the snap on the field goal. It seems like right now it's sort of a revolving door of what's the weak spot on the Giants and you know was the offense it was the defense at times and, and really those have sort of stabilized for the time being but it seems like special teams is the one thing that scares me the most uh you know when the Giants set up for a field goal or send the punt unit out there
1: well you know I think you're probably right there you know but the interesting thing is I was actually looking at it today because the uh the Falcons you know come to town with Devin Hester on sunday and that always scares you but the giants have you know the giants gave up the uh the 71 yard punt return for a touchdown to uh ted ginn in the arizona game but i was looking at the numbers and aside from that in terms of punt return i think they've given up a total of 15 yards on five or six other punt returns so with that one blip You know, they've been very good otherwise. You know, the the problem is you, you can't have any of those breakdowns when Devin Hester's the guy catching the ball.
0: Yeah, and in uh, the excitement around this team right now, with uh, with the back to back wins, and you saw that uh, that interception against the Texans, which sort of uh, kept their season going, kept it alive. Big play by intro role, and Tom Coughlin was jumping around on the sidelines, sort of going nuts. And uh, you know, I don't think he celebrated that much when the team won the Super Bowl. But for a guy who's who's been on the hot seat now, pretty much at, at some point every season, he's been the coach of the Giants, and especially this year after what happened last year, and then getting off to an zero two start. Um, you have to feel good for Tom Coughlin because, you know, he, he's taken a lot of heat, a lot of it undeserved, and, and to get this team back on track and right in the thick of things in the NFC East, um, you, you you sort of have to feel good for the guy for what he's done here.
1: Oh, I, I would agree. I mean, I've always had a lot of respect for Coughlin, and, I have, you know, last year I, I've said this before, but I don't think Coughlin was to blame for what happened last year. You know, I think he was simply dealt a pretty bad hand last year, you know, a, a team that, that didn't have much of a chance. The, the thing about it is, you know, there's 12 games to go. There's a lot of chapters to be written. So, we, you know, the Giants look, they look like they have a chance right now, but we have to see how it all unfolds. I think that this particular Sunday, this game is not only a winnable game for the Giants, it's really one that they have to win. They have road games against the Eagles and the Cowboys coming up following this game, and, you know, really, so this puts them in a situation where they really need to win on Sunday.
0: Especially when you look, you know, like you mentioned, the next two games uh, at Philly and at Dallas, and then they have the bye week, but right out of the bye week, Um, you've got Indy who who might have the best offense in the entire league you know either them or the Broncos then they're at Seattle which is just a disaster um, home against the 49ers who are picking it up home back against Dallas and then things get a little easier at the end with the Jaguars uh, Titans Redskins Rams and finish with the Eagles but to get to that stretch there with the Jaguars Titans Redskins Rams you know they have to make it through this sort of semi gauntlet here with the bye week breaking it up and uh, with Atlanta coming to town um, a team that is very much like the Saints in the that they're great at home. They're a great dome team. They play terribly. You know, they're just an awful football team outside, um, especially as they go north. And granted, it won't be cold here on, on October 5th, you know, maybe it'd be in the, more in the Giants' favor if it was a late November-December game, but you go back a couple of years to the playoffs, and, and that playoff run to the Super Bowl in 2011 started um, with a home game against the Falcons, and, uh, you know, I, I think you have to like the Giants' chances heading into this one just because the Falcons are just so bad outside of a dome.
1: Well, yes, that's true. I mean, the other thing is Atlanta comes in with a – with a banged-up offensive line. They're going to be missing at least two starters, possibly three. Uh, they come in with a fairly weak defense. So you you have to think that the Giants should be able to score points. You know, the biggest question is going to be, you know, can they, can they avoid giving up the big play? You know, can they control the Falcons, you know, wide receivers? Can they keep Devin Hester from hurting them on special teams? But this is a game, as you said, when you look at that, that gauntlet that they have to run over the next, uh, you know, five or six games after this one on their schedule, this is a game that they have to win, you know, to set themselves up. Because realistically, in that, you know, in that six or seven-game stretch, you know, realistically, they're going to lose some of those games. So this, they can't afford to, uh, to drop any more, you know, what you would consider to be, you know, games that they should win.
0: What's weird about them is, as I mentioned, uh, how the Falcons have been so bad on the road, or at least outside the Dome, and that it does seem like a winnable game for the Giants. You know, Vegas has them favored. Um, They're coming off back-to-back wins. They had a 10-day break. But the thing is, you know, over the last uh, seven, eight years, or or I guess you could say even during the entire Eli Manning-Tom Coughlin era, Uh, the Giants just haven't been as good as they should be or as other teams in the league are at home, and they they sort of put a scare into you, whether it's with turnovers or playing close games or needing a miraculous, dramatic comeback. It's never easy when they're home, and I always like the Giants better on the road. Um, That was certainly the case this past week. Then you go back a week, uh, they struggled to pull away from the Texans, and the week before that, they blow against the Cardinals, which were both home games. And you know Why do you think that's been the case for so long that the Giants just can't seem to really have a home field advantage?
1: I just don't know. I mean, I th- I think that for a long time the Giants have been a team that is just hard to figure out. When when you think that when you think they have it going, when you think that they should be good, uh, you know, they tend to they they've always tended to disappoint you somehow. When you think they don't have a chance, they've always tended to kind of rise up and do unexpected kinds of things. You know, the key for them at this point, you know, you, you have to figure that out. You have to win the games, you know, with the schedule they have. You have to win the games that you should win. This is the game that they should win. Whether they win it ugly or whether they blow the Falcons out doesn't really matter. It's, you know, it's just a game that, that they need to win. You know, set themselves up in a pretty decent spot for this, for this stretch of, of really tough games that they have coming up.
0: Well, it seems like uh, over the last few years, when the Giants do have good seasons, they always start badly. And uh, and an 0-2 start, you know, is very uh, reminiscent of what happened in 2007 um, before that that crazy goal line stand against the Redskins. Um, and they've had other bad starts. They had a bad start last year, and they got back in it, and they were able to at least play that game in November that that could have put them uh, in the lead for the NFC East, uh, which was pretty improbable early on in the season. But these bad starts for the Giants, they seem to always overcome them with a stretch, you know, in the middle of the year where they they rip off four out of five or five out of six or something like that. And that could certainly be done here with these next three games, especially um, at home and the two, you know, divisional games against the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. And then it's really the, the late season uh, collapse. And this season, the schedule sort of breaks perfectly to have another second half collapse, and hopefully they avoid that. But, you know, when they were 0-2 a couple of weeks ago, after we talked week one, they lose the next game. Did you start to have, you know, deja vu of what happened last year again?
1: Oh, sure. I think everybody did. I think it was impossible not to coming off of, how bad last year went, you know, because y- you didn't see, you didn't see, you know, signs of progress, really. What you saw was the same kinds of things where, you know, week one was a debacle where the Giants were, you know, you had defenders banging into each other, you had Eli Manning throwing passes that hit receivers in the foot and turned into interceptions, you know, all sorts of weird, unexplainable stuff that... uh that just shouldn't happen. You know, and Week 2 was another game where that was a winnable game against a backup quarterback where the Giants basically shot themselves in the foot with turnovers, with special teams mistakes. You know, it was a game that, uh, that really they, you know, they dropped some passes. It was a game that they really should have won. And those two games were so reminiscent, not only the fact that they lost them, but in the way that they lost them. They were so reminiscent of 2013 that you couldn't help but feel that way, especially when the Giants start out the third game by driving down the field and, and fumbling the ball inside the five. You know, but but now you know, but now things, things have changed a little bit, and, and hopefully it will uh, hopefully they'll they'll stay that way for a while.
0: Yeah, I hope so because uh, like like we've mentioned time and time again, that schedule after the bye week is just so tough, but. Um, after this game, you, if you look ahead to those next two weeks, the Philly-Dallas games, and um, you know both of those teams are three and one right now, both leading the Giants in the division. And coming into the season, everyone sort of wrote off the uh, NFC East as, as another down season for the division. After um, you know it was sort of the class of the league for so long, and maybe that's not the case. Maybe everyone sort of jumped the gun, and, and maybe the division's better than it than it really uh, you know was predicted to be. Because even the Redskins at one and three, um, you know they they were blown out. By the Giants, but they gave the Eagles a ride um, on the road and and they could have handed them a loss, and the Eagles could very well be two and two as well. But when you look at this league or this division, and you look at the top three teams right now with the Giants and then the Cowboys and Eagles ahead of them, you know which team of those two scares you the most uh, for the division title down the line?
1: Well, I think that you came into the season respecting what the Eagles did last year. And I think you still have to do that. I think the Eagles, you know, even though they're three and one, I think you've seen some warts the first few weeks, but you still have to respect the offense that they can put together, you know, when they're playing well. You have to have some respect for Chip Kelly. The when it comes to the Cowboys, you've kind of always looked at the Cowboys and thought they really should be more than they are. And just because the talent should be You know, the talent is better than what the record ends up being. You know, but with the Cowboys, you know, you look at the 3 and one start, you still look at them and think they don't – the defense isn't great, you know, even though it's played a little bit better so far. And you still think, you know, they're the Cowboys, and when push comes to shove at the end of the season, when they have to win a game, you know, in in week 16 or week 17, you know, can they actually do it and (laughs) – and until, until they do it, that question's going to be there. And until they do it, I'm still going to think that, uh, that the Giants will prevail in, uh, in the end. Because that, that just generally seems to be the pattern that, you know, when, when push comes to shove, at the end of the season, the Giants more often than not manage to get it done and the Cowboys more often than not find a way to implode.
0: Well, the most exciting thing about this Sunday, aside from the Giants playing again for the first time in uh, what feels like forever because that Thursday night game is uh, the uh, the debut for Odell Beckham. And, and Victor Cruz alluded to the fact that, you know, he the deep, deep pass, he called it, uh, will be back in the Giants' playbook, which is something they haven't really had uh, through the first four games of the season. And it'll be nice to see. Uh, what are your expectations here as Beckham, you know, becomes a Giant for the first time as he, he overcomes his hamstring injury, injury finally?
1: Well, I'm... To be honest, I'm trying not to have anything in terms of expectations. <laughs> the, you know the reality of it is that the Giants haven't officially announced that he will play on Sunday, although all signs all signs point to to that being the case, you know, provided that he gets through practice tomorrow, okay uh, but the, re, the, the reality of it is. You know, teams, NFL teams, the Giants, everybody, they've basically been practicing since May. And in that period of time, you know, Odell Beckham has probably practiced six times. <laughs> so, so he's behind. He, he may be incredibly talented. He may know the playbook. But I'm trying not to have any expectations because until we see him for a while until he's fully integrated and gets a few weeks of practice under his belt, I really think that whatever he gives the Giants, you know, for the for the next couple of weeks, especially probably until the bye week, whatever he gives them is a bonus at this point.
0: All right, Ed. Well, they got the Falcons and then they got the Eagles and the Cowboys and then the bye, so we'll have to check in again uh, sometime between now and the bye week. Um, you know, hopefully they keep this thing going. Hopefully they give us a, a reason to have a season after that bye week and, uh, you know, like I said, the Giants—you can never really get too high on them because uh, the, the second you do, they'll turn around and uh, you know put together just a miserable streak. But hopefully, they keep things going here against the Falcons, and then we'll check in in a couple weeks.
1: All right, anytime, Neil. Appreciate it.